Hello listeners, before you get into the latest PS5 episode, I'm here to let you know that each week you could get this episode and all other episodes ad-free and up to three days early. Not only that, you can also gain access to Patreon-exclusive PlayStation shows that focus on sales numbers, all-time lists, showcase predictions and more. Head over to www.patreon.com forward slash latest PS5 or click the link in the description to join our PlayStation community and show your support. Now enjoy the show. Incredibly exciting. It's really about for the players and for the players. As a developer, that's an amazing feeling to have. Welcome to PlayStation. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 110 of the latest PS5. I'm your host, Sonny Sangera. Now, before we get into the episode, I just want you all to know uh, this is being recorded after Gamescom 2022's opening night live has taken place. There was a lot of news from that show. We're not going to cover that in this episode because we created a live reaction video, which the link for is in the description of this podcast. So click that link. And you can see what me and Alex thought about from key titles from Gamescom. So we'll keep that out of the way, with the exception of the controller, which we'll get into in a bit, right? Um, But yeah, if you want to hear about our opinions on the games at Gamescom, then click the link, go to that video, watch it. You can see me and Alex and our beautiful faces, and you can see that one. But for this episode, we're going to talk the PSVR 2 launch update. As I mentioned, the DualSense Edge controller. Sony being sued for billions, you make billions, you lose billions, you try and get shafted for billions, new PS5 features, and a whole lot more. And who better to talk all of that with than my host himself, Mr. Alex Sylvester. How you doing, Alex? I'm doing great, man. Welcome back to the UK. I know. Uh, Alex is referring, I was away for a week. I was in New York. Concrete jungles where PlayStations (laughs) can't be purchased. (laughs) I went... It's like, yeah, it's really hard out there, then, yeah? I went, I made a point to go to GameStops on Manhattan and all of them on the front door had a piece of paper, pre-order your PlayStation 5. And I was like, did I just step back into 2019 or something? Because where are the PS5s at, right? You just can't get them there. Absolutely mad. Yeah, I guess that's comforting for some people. That's still pissing off a lot of people. But anyway, it's good to hear Uh, you back. (laughs) I know. Well, it was weird though, because obviously I thought it was bad here. It's worse over there when it comes to actual sourcing PlayStation 5 consoles. Um, but yeah, not my problem. I've got one. Speaking of that, what have you been playing, Alex? I've been playing Minecraft. I've uh, obviously it's half term over here, guys. So uh, I've been entertaining the kids. Uh, one of the stipulations is that I need to spend time with them in the virtual world of Minecraft. So I've just basically been getting my head around that. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's an addictive game. I can see why all these kids are getting so crazy over it. Um, yeah, but it's, it's a yeah, it's, it's worth <laughs> it's it's worth that twenty nine ninety nine because they get so much experience out of it, man. They can create their worlds. They can well, obviously, people listen to this show will already know about Minecraft, but pretty much, it's completely shits on all the stuff that we did as a kid. I oh, mean, yeah, kids, kids can just like create their own worlds and play in it. It's just amazing, amazing experience. Even mm. though they're like eight bit. Yeah, well, as I mentioned on the previous episode a few weeks back, uh, my daughter plays it on the Switch Lite and she loves it and Mm. she just builds everything upside down because she finds it funny. Uh, But I'm looking at it thinking, you're going to be an architect because it takes some skill to build an upside down house in Minecraft, you know what I mean? (laughs) So fair play. Um, And she's like, let me show you my swimming pool. And I just see a blue block and I'm like, that's not. That's, <laughs> that's not a video game but yeah anyway you know uh obviously as i mentioned i was in new york but obviously before i was playing tetris i'm gonna count it because it's based on a video game been watching tech and bloodline on netflix Ooh, if you haven't watched it people you need to watch it it's so good <laughs> i'm on episode four and Jin is a bad man that's all i'm gonna say right so tech and bloodline on netflix people watch it it's so good but alex let's get into the news okay and i mentioned we're not going to talk about um all the stuff from gamescom but we have to talk about the first one because obviously it was in our rumor mill a few weeks ago which is exclusive to patreon um so i'm going to read a little snippet and then i'm going to go to the playstation blog and then quickly read through all that number one 
During Gamescom Opening Night Live 2022, a new high-performance, ultra-customizable DualSense controller was announced on stage by host Jeff Keighley. Obviously, as I mentioned before, it's called the DualSense Edge. So I'm going to go to the PlayStation blog now, and um, I'm just going to obviously read everything that was there. That's if I can actually get onto the PlayStation blog, because, you know, this is a Mac, and it sucks. It's like Command or something. It's it's complex. (laughs) I know. Okay, so uh, this is on the PlayStation blog. Uh, First look at the DualSense Edge wireless controller. Today, we are thrilled to unveil the DualSense Edge wireless controller for PlayStation 5, the first ever high-performance, ultra-customizable controller developed by Sony Interactive Entertainment. So this is not built by a third party. This is Sony doing it themselves. Designed to give you an edge in gameplay by allowing you to create custom controls, the DualSense Edge wireless controller invites you to craft your own unique gaming experience tailored to your playstyle. The DualSense Edge wireless controller features a number of hardware and software-based customization options for creating a completely personalized controller experience, including ultra-customizable controls. You can make the DualSense Edge wireless controller uniquely yours by remapping or deactivating specific button inputs and fine-tuning your aim by adjusting stick sensitivity and dead zones. Dead zones meaning the distance your analog stick moves before it's recognized in a game. In addition... Each trigger is adjustable with options to tailor travel distance and dead zones to your preference. For example, you can manually reduce travel distance of the triggers for faster inputs in competitive first-person shooter games or reduce the dead zone for precise throttle control in racing games. You also have the ability to save multiple control profiles. Once you've found your ideal control settings, you can save them to unique profiles and swap between them on the fly with the DualSense Edge wireless controller, you'll always have your preferred controls for your games ready to go, whether you're facing Norse gods and monsters in God of War Ragnarok or rival players in an online battle royale. You also get an on-controller user interface. The dedicated FN button allows you to easily adjust your setup while staying focused on the in-game action. Quickly swap between your preset control profiles, adjust game volume and chat balance, and access the controller profile settings menu to set up and test the new control iterations while in-game. Changeable stick caps and back buttons. Three types of swappable stick caps, standard, high dome, and low dome, help you stay comfortable in-game while maintaining grip and stability. The two swappable sets of back buttons, half dome and lever, can be configured to be any other button input, putting more essential controls at your fingertips. Replaceable stick modules. Play longer with the ability to fully replace each individual stick module on the controller. Replacement stick modules will be sold separately. Built-in DualSense wireless controller features. The DualSense Edge wireless controller retains the signature comfort and immersive experience of the DualSense wireless controller when playing supported games, including haptic feedback, adaptive triggers, built-in microphone, motion controls, and more. In addition to the included stick caps and back button sets, the DualSense Edge wireless controller comes with a USB Type-C braided cable, which uses a connector housing to lock into the controller so it's much less likely to slip out at a crucial moment. They include the carry case, which keeps your DualSense Edge wireless controller and components together and organized all in one place, allows you to charge the controller via USB connection whilst it's stored in the case. What do you think, Alex? This is what you wanted. This is a gorgeous pad. I mean, I mentioned it before when we posted it in the other chat. It looks amazing. Mm. Like it's aesthetically the when you got the black, uh, you know, directional buttons as well as the action buttons, all in glass black as well as the uh, back behind the uh, the analog sticks. That by itself looks amazing, and the touchpad, you know, with the, oh, the touchpad looks beautiful, right? It looks sick. It this looks like the pad that they should have released, you know, with the PS Five. But you know, I'm not mad at them. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> it looks it looks good. I mean, I guess they're just following that whole Xbox Elite pad. Uh, phenomenon really which has uh, actually been very successful for Xbox uh, and now this is like the first customizable pad right from from Sony so mm. I'm finally glad that they've jumped on the on the wagon but um, my main concern is like this isn't new I mean didn't we hear another company doing the same thing <laughs> no <laughs> like, so obviously um, Scuff did a controller officially with Sony for PlayStation 4 I can imagine they're going to try and do something again this is the f- I mean Sony went out to make a point that this is the first controller by them 
by them, that yeah. they're doing it. So the guys who actually created and designed the DualSense controller yeah. are doing this. So you can expect yeah. high quality and a high price point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more to the point. But uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Besides stepping on Scuff's toes, man, I think it's a gorgeous pad. And yeah, for all those enthusiasts out there, this is just this is exactly what they need, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. You think about, I mean, the fact that it, um, the big thing is when you play uh, what they call it's something called Twitch, so like a Twitch shooter, Twitch gameplay, where it's this fast, instant reaction. You you're not even moving your finger; it, you're twitching the finger. You're just twitching yeah. it, and it's doing the movement. Yeah. The fact that you can reduce the dead zones on that, on the sticks, and the fact that you can have the triggers as soon as you like as sensitive as you want. So as soon as you're touching it, it's going. For yeah. first-person shooters, for car racing games, for fighting games, everything, you know what I mean? Like, it's going to make a big difference to that yeah. controller. Only You won't even notice it, but for those people who understand every micro-movement of a battle or of a gameplay or something like yeah. that, Brains, is going to yeah. understand it. I mean, I joked, we joked about Tekken, about, oh, we need the pad to help beat us. But when you think about it, we're playing Tekken, me and you, we're blocking, we're right next to each other. How important... Who's getting lower faster, you know, yeah. getting that kick in? And is your, do you have a dual sense edge and that micro millisecond that you've yeah, reduced a dead zone gets the kick before I get the block on my standard yeah. controller? You know, that's where the difference is going. If you understand that sort of gameplay, yeah. this is huge. The elite controller for Xbox was revolutionary when he came out. It was amazing. It closed the gap between PC and console in terms of gameplay. Um, benefits you know in terms of how you used to play the game so i think the fact that it's official and it's a playstation one but i mean you said it even i, I would just buy it for the look of it it is beautiful man <laughs> it does man <laughs> like yeah for the hell of it man and like i love the paddles at the back as well which are different mm. from like the scuff controllers they look a lot more I well you can you can map the buttons whatever you want on there so you can map that as like um let's say you a, a perfect example actually uh Lin Zayou or Steve Fox. Now, if you're going Zayou, whatever her name is, right? Your your key attribute is kicking, right? Um, Steve Fox is punching. Now, imagine if you mapped the right and left kick to the paddles at the back, and I mapped yeah. Steve's punches to the back. Yeah. Now I'm not having to worry about my thumb. Now my fingers are moving you. Basically, yeah. Steve Fox yeah, yeah. is pissing you off even faster than what he normally does. So it's like, yeah. again, it's the the possibilities for fighting games alone are endless, let alone all the other games. And so, but I think the big thing for me is we spoke about it so many times about how perfect the dual sense is. I just want to see if it's if it moves around, like if, if it feels different, that's the thing. Does it feel different in the hand? That's what I want to see, you know. But another thing is price, dude. It's obviously if it's coming out, it sounds like it's going to come out around about God of War time because it mentions Ragnarok in there, which is November. We're going to talk about PSVR two later. If it's like two hundred pounds or one hundred fifty pound, I'm like, huh, I'm gonna watch where my money's going here. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. The wife asked me, "How much was that pad? Uh, Fifty quid." <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Uh, with some crazy exchange rate, but yeah, so the, the whole plates are going to be exchangeable as well. So there's going to be a whole lot of colors, I'm guessing, coming out eventually. Or is this? It's it's just, I can't wait, mate. It's just so good. You know what I mean? But we spoke about it for weeks and weeks. And we even spoke about it. I remember a few months ago, we had a question about um, Tekken 8. And we spoke about if a new controller had come out and things like that. And it would have been amazing. So, yeah, man, we'll have to wait and see. DualSense yeah. Edge. Yeah, man, looks premium. I can imagine if, if a PS5 Pro comes out, it has to come with Edge controllers, right? Like, you know. You would hope so. You would hope yeah. so. It just you know? cost even more, five hundred pounds for the bundle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like money's no object now, right? Uh, all right. So yeah, I like the nice little segue. Moving on, uh, Sony's PlayStation VR two headset uh, is coming in early twenty twenty three, according to posts the company made on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Sony has been trickling information about the upcoming headset over the past several months, and now we have at least a time frame for when we can expect to get our hands on the hardware. While the company released details of the headset design earlier this year, it still hasn't announced a price. It is, however, promising a lot for the PS, um, the PlayStation VR 2, and it will feature um, displays that add up to 4K resolution and can run at 90 or 120 hertz, have a 110-degree field of view, 
and use foveated rendering, which renders certain parts of the image as sharp, sharper than others <clears throat> to make things easier for the computer, or in this case, for the PlayStation 5. The company also says that the headset connects to your console with a single USB-C cable. Sony has already announced it will have a lineup of about 20 major games available when it launches. The title includes games set in Horizon, uh, Walking, Dead, uh, Walking Dead universes, as well as VR versions of No Man's Sky and Resident Evil Village and more. Uh, sticking with games for a moment, uh, Polyarch also took to Twitter to celebrate uh, the news of the PSVR 2 launching in 2023, and with it have possibly teased a version of Moss Book 2 for Sony's new virtual reality headset. The post asks users to think of a game that benefits from a two-controller setup, question mark. Uh, the post was accompanied by Moss Icon, uh, by a Moss Icon, a book and two swords, Moss Book 2, in other words, is on its way. So mm. it's coming, man. I mean, we've been talking about this since we first announced. Was it last year? Um, yeah, we, we 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 did date predictions and stuff. Yeah. And I think we both kind of settled on um, early 2023. We said between Christmas and spring, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah, a nice no spot for it to land. Yeah, no way for Christmas this year. You know what I mean? I guess well, I think, I think if they could have released it earlier, they could have. I want to, the nice thing would be to say that Sony have learned and they're just making sure they've got a lot of software ready before they launch. The real reason is components, you know, that's the real reason. Components, yeah. And I think, you know, if uh, the likes of, you know, like the big heavy hitters like Nintendo, uh, Breath of the Wild 2, they release in March, you know, around that time, Q1, I think it's mm. going to be a, a great game to compete against that, you know, to try and steal some of the thunder or limelight. But yeah, man, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, man. Obviously, man, we've been talking about this for, for for ages, it seems. Um, but yeah, finally, we're getting a rough time frame, but no price, no price. So we know we're gonna have to sell a kidney or two, right? Mm. Well, I think I don't know. I'm trying to think. Would they, if it's coming out later early 23 as in like late february march i can't imagine pre-orders going live until after god of war ragnarok is out yeah if it's early 23 i think maybe late september october whether it be via playstation blog release or a state of play or in their big showcase which is rumored to be coming up that they yeah. do it there you know what i mean but yeah. i think their focus at the moment is because there's so many moving parts to playstation you know that i think their priority is just getting hardware on thingies and let's focus on that let's look at our financial estimates how many machines have we got to sell where are we financially going to hit or oh, we're going to do better than we thought we don't need vr2 in this financial year let's just bump it to the day after yeah. on the new financial year or shit we haven't made enough hardware let's get the vr2 out at this date you know so yeah, it'll definitely keep them in the news as well. I mean, they don't even have to release that many units because obviously it's one of those premium products from mm -hmm. the company, so they don't have to release you know, have that much stock. Um, but yeah, at least it will definitely keep them uh, in the books and on the lips of a lot of potential fans, especially those who are still pissed off that they still haven't managed to get a PS PS Five to uh, sorry PS Five yet. Uh, never yeah. mind PS Five too. And I think with Quest going up a hundred dollars on both models, I think we are going to look at a really premium price point on this 500 600 no i think it was 350 pounds mm -hmm. for a playstation 5 it's gonna be slim same or 399 in pounds i think that's okay. with the controllers with the controllers as well so that's with two controllers. controllers and so you're buying the set so i think if you're buying the headset and two controllers then I'm looking at 350 to 400 pounds for that. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, the markup's going to be mad on, on eBay then <laughs> for them scalpers because they're going to go crazy. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Um, but we'll see what happens with the price. We'll keep you up to date on that, on everything the latest PS5. Hello, latest PS5 community. It's Demi, and I'm back with another shameless promo. If you enjoy listening to the latest gaming news each week, then you will absolutely love our YouTube channel. Over there, you will expect to see a variety of videos such as live reactions, predictions, gameplay, and so much more. Search latest PS5 podcast in YouTube or click the link in the description. Also, while you're at it, help to support our channel by subscribing so you never miss a video. Do it.
right now. Subscribe right now. I'm watching you. I'm going to give you zero seconds to subscribe. Done it? Good. Back to the show. Right, we talked about Sony wanting to make money. Let's talk about them potentially losing money. Number three, Alex Neal, the ex-managing director of Witch UK, has filed a legal claim against Sony with the Competition Appeal Tribunal, accusing the format holder of ripping people off on the PlayStation Store. The claim states that Sony is in breach of competition law by charging a 30% commission on digital games and in-game purchases via its flagship store. It is further being accused of abusing market power by imposing unfair terms and conditions on developers and publishers. As a result, consumers have reportedly been overcharged by as much as £5 billion. Anyone who has purchased content on the PlayStation Store since August 16, 2016 in the UK is included in the claim and is potentially tempted to compensation, which totals some 9 million people. Estimated damages per claimant, therefore, total anywhere between £67 to £562, not counting interest. Neil commented, The game is up for Sony PlayStation. Why is he American? The game is up for Sony PlayStation. With this legal action, I am standing up for the millions of UK people who have been unwittingly overcharged. We believe Sony has abused its position and ripped off its consumers. Gaming is now the biggest entertainment industry in the UK, ahead of TV, video and music, and many vulnerable people rely on gaming for community and connection. The actions of Sony are costing millions of people who can't afford it, particularly when they're in the midst of a cost of living crisis and the consumer purse is being squeezed like never before. Alex, why do I feel like Alex Neal is just finding a quick way to get a settlement? No, he he don't care about the plaintiffs. He cares about settlement, right? Because... 30% is the same with Microsoft, 30% is with Apple, with everybody really, except uh, the Epic Game Store, which is 12%. But he's aimed at Sony, right? Particularly because obviously, A, it's a massive consumer market in the UK. PlayStation is bigger than Xbox in the UK. He probably scared of Xbox's lawyers, so he didn't want to name Xbox in the same thing. You know what I mean? But it's not, I mean, this is the sort of stuff you see that Nintendo go oh, Nintendo's being sued or, you know, Sony's being sued and then it's also quietly settled out of court, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, it just feels like that to me because it's like, yeah, you, you're from which UK and you're putting up this settlement and stuff and does he know the prices that he's seeing on PlayStation Store? Because a lot of people wait for sales and there's sales all the time on the PlayStation Store. And I mean, don't get me wrong because you look at it and sometimes... I mean, Sony will fight back and say, yeah, at retailers, the recommended retail price for a PS5 game is $69.99. Retailers tend to go at $59 or $64. We Mm -hmm. stick at $69, but it's a digital deluxe. And it always comes with something extra. You know what I mean? That's where the holdup is going to be on it. Because, again, if you know law and stuff, this just honestly sounds like somebody who's like, yeah, let me get this on. If I can make a million, I'll make a million from Sony on it, you know, to quietly settle or whatever. But what's your thoughts on it? Well, I guess it, I, I, I may be wrong, but this is, I guess, something that's been on the lips or on the back of a lot of people's minds in terms of the pricing for like digital content, especially mm. um, because you know you're, you're paying full price for games, which were usually you normally go to a store for. They had all their overheads, you know, P and P. You know what I mean? They had a whole load of costs, uh, which have now been eradicated almost with this digital revolution. You know, we've, we've already seen the figures with a lot more games now being released digitally only, but yet they're still going for that same full price and they're still taking in consideration those, you know, those expenses mentioned previously. So I guess it was needed, you know, just to kind of wake up to the industry and to let them know that, hold on, we do need to start um, maybe finding a level ground for a lot of the prices for these games, especially digital content, even if it is DLC um or just anything purchased digitally maybe the prices do need to come down somewhat or they need to justify the prices a lot more um as to why it still costs such an expensive premium you know i mean nintendo is also guilty of this xbox you know the big ones that you've mentioned so i think this could be the start of a uh, a big litigation that will roll over to the other companies and i do think that people should really stand up i don't really think the prices especially if you're purchasing a game digitally it shouldn't be nearly as much as it is in the store you know you, you don't have to go to a store you don't have to you don't have the overhead so on that point yeah i'm all for this <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm oh. all for this 
let me play devil's advocate for you. Now, don't get me wrong, listeners, before I say anything, who's I'm up for cheaper games. Trust me. <laughs> the less I spend, the better, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. But devil's advocate, development costs are spiraling out of control now. It's costing more to make these games than what it did. So obviously, and it's a fact that from an inflation standpoint, game prices have only changed £10 from Nintendo 64 and PlayStation 1 days to oh. PlayStation 5 compared to every other medium. That is a ridiculous price. Um, it's a hard one. I, I think there is a level. I think you trip like again, it's one of those. It's what do you gain from the experience? You know what I mean? Like for me, an avatar cinema ticket, when I first watched Avatar in 3D, I would have paid 30 quid for that experience. That first time watching something on an IMAX yeah. 3D screen, not the film itself, but the experience was worth more than what I paid for that oh, cinema right. ticket. Yeah, yeah. Whereas and I look at like The Last of Us 2, I'd have paid £100 for that game. It was that fucking good. And I enjoyed it. Whereas something else like, uh, you know, I'm trying, I can't think of a game off the top of my head, but I, I was like, why have I paid 60 quid for this 12 hour game? And it's shit. You know what I mean? It wasn't worth it. Like, but then it's something little, like like you look at Sifu. Sifu was like, like £25 or something. Yeah. And there's mm. people still playing it from launch to now because they yeah. love the game. That's worth more. It, it, I think it, that's the problem. It comes to it a game by game basis like if you can finish a game in two three hours it's not full it shouldn't be full price you know there should be some legislation legislation or something in place that says yeah yeah your game's got to be a certain length but then it's always like you're thinking quality over quantity really and, to, yeah it's yeah. really hard to judge it and to measure it but i mean like a game of like what call of duty that's going to be coming out and that but what's 60 70 dollars straight mm. from the back right and no matter where you purchase it whether it's online or in store it's going to be the same price so like i said i mean yeah uh, prices are going up in terms of developments and that's i guess that's always going to be the case um i just wish these companies would be a bit more transparent as to you know as to justifying why the price is where does the money go show us the money breakdown where you know show us I mean? the money i mean we already yeah. showed the, the, what we're going to talk about the mpds and obviously spoiler alert you know sony's smashing it um but <laughs> again like what why is why is it so expensive obviously you know the, the the dollar cost average is going to be highly in favor of sony for example um but they do just need to justify things make it a lot more clearer and then that and then gamers won't be pissed off you won't have a person like alex neil or others uh potentially soon all these major companies so come on companies get but i mean i mean we'll again if you haven't struggled with it, people, PlayStation Plus Premium, it's worth it. I'm going to keep pitching about this thing, you know, because it's well, so that's good. It, you know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> I, I guess, you know what I mean? I guess that could be the answer to it, right? And all the companies are kind of doing it now. I mean, you got Game Pass, you got Nintendo Online, and obviously you've got the Plus. So, yeah, maybe maybe this will just like, kind of fail to the waistline. And maybe he's just grasping at straws. I mean, they said that this was from 2016, right? And that was when, um, uh, you know, that's when, when loot boxes was like a big issue, really, you know? So maybe that is pretty much what they're just reaming back. But I guess from now on, especially with the subscription packages that you mentioned, things will be a lot more different. It will be a lot more justifiable. And the cost is now going to be on the companies paying developers based on, you know, whatever derivative from the subscription that we pay to the actual company, in this case being Sony. So, yeah, we'll see. So I guess, like you said, that is a that is the uh, silver lining in this whole issue. We have subscription packages. Um, and uh, moving on, I was trying to find like a nice little segue to this one, but uh, <laughs> speaking of subscription packages, let's talk about Naughty Dog. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, Naughty Dog and Sony have released uh, the official launch trailer for The Last of Us Part One. Oh my god, I'm so hyped up for this game. Mm. I can't even the story, dude. It looks gorgeous, it just looks really good. Anyway, so it which arrives on the PS5 next week, uh, built as a full remake. The Last of Us Part One has been completely rebuilt from the ground up on the PlayStation 5 while retaining the original story and performances that you've come to know and love. First, furthermore, it's been reported that the game will include an unlocked frame rate allowing uh, for The Last of Us Part 1 to reach up to targets of 120 FPS. Jeez. Uh, and on top of that, uh, HBO, The Last of Us series, has received a brief teaser as part of the, up the service's upcoming preview trailer. 
Um, there's not too much to talk about as of yet. It is very brief, but we do see Joel and Ellie exchanging some brief dialogue. The Last of Us HBO is scheduled to air some point in 2023, although an exact date has yet to be announced. Hype, 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 dude. I can't wait for this. You know what I mean? Seriously. And that clip as well. Oh my gosh. Seeing the HBO clip, I mean, they've got so many good quality shows, you know what I mean? Trying to, um, you know, fight for that $9.99, but, you know, they're trying to justify why they could stand next to the big uh, uh, companies such as Netflix and Disney Plus. And that show reel that they showed, you know, with likes of Game of Thrones all the way to Last of Us. Yeah, it's worth the money, man. I mean, I'll definitely, I can't wait to get HBO. <laughs> um, mm. uh, Max. Um, but yeah, I'm hyped for seeing that trailer and I can't wait for this game to drop. I mean, you know, you already know my feelings about this game. It's like one of the greatest games ever made. In fact, it's going to be as gorgeous, PS5 gorgeous as we've come to know. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to play the game and I'm going to be platinum it because it's much easier to platinum. It's just about collectibles and upgrading other hard things. You don't have to play it multiple times difficulties not on, uh, affecting the trophies so i'm like yeah, yeah. hit me i'm, I'm yeah. gonna be doing a platinum on that one but, uh <laughs> yeah i love the fact that hbo was showing all the shows and then the, the trailer stopped for a second and then just gave the last of us a couple of seconds to itself yeah. I was like, they know this is oh, the they one know. they know it's gonna be big and that pedro pascal jeez he you looks like joe Ross. you think he you looks like joe he's got the accent yeah. and everything man i was like that works because there's one thing I'm thinking, are they actually going to be able to make it convincing? Because Joel is has this distinguished voice, right? Um, but yeah, it looks really good. It looks like they've got the right texture for the game as well. And um, Neil Druckmann has also hinted that the show is going to be slightly different from the actual game, even though it's going to still pay homage to it. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing the, the changes that they're going to make. Um, and to be honest, I'd actually like to see like changes in this game as well. It's the one I know. I know they built it from the um up from the ground up uh, on the PS5, but I just wish they actually added something else, like you know maybe like an extra scene here or two or something, um something that was less on the floor in the original game. Hmm. But uh, yeah, but yeah, the second knows, of uh, September, right? Yeah, who knows? You might find a piece of paper that's got a story on it that you didn't find when you first played through it. Then you go oh. through it like Ishmael's story. What a fucking story! <laughs> you know what I mean? Um. Absolutely. Hey everyone. Now I'm going to keep it real with you for a sec. There's nothing I enjoy more than sitting down with my friends and spilling all the tea. For that reason, let me introduce to you the rumor mill. This is a show that is exclusive to Patreon. Now, we know that the latest PS5 show is dedicated to actual news, but the rumor mill is all about the juicy rumors in the video game industry. Our hosts sit down and discuss the biggest rumors there is. So if you enjoy a little tea being spilled, become a patron, support the show and gain access to the rumor mill each month. Whether you're searching for record players or pianos, how you pay matters. Visa helps protect you from payment fraud online. Visa, a network working for everyone. All right, moving on to number five. Sony Interactive Entertainment has dropped off the first details on PlayStation tournaments on PS5, which expands on the previous PS4 iteration of the service that launched back in 2016. According to the official PlayStation website, PS5 tournaments will remove common barriers in the tournament experience in order to bring players competitions that are overall smoother and more meaningful. To kick things off, Sony will host a public beta for the PlayStation tournaments on PS5 in select countries in the coming weeks. Sony further added that PS5 tournaments will include new features and improvements which will ensure players have an easier time of locating and joining competitions. Easily discoverable tournaments, seamless on-console sign-up, short tournament times, higher tournament frequency, or new UI, real-time match results, and automatic reporting, and more. Alex, we spoke about all the acquisitions Sony were making for esports and things like that. And I know a lot of people that use the tournament function on PS4, this just makes it another feature for people who want to use it. You know, more quality of life, we can say, for PlayStation 5, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, this is, this is going to be a, 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 a massive win. Uh, and I guess as things go, have become a lot more easy online. Mm. People finally get onto the PS5. Everyone's got well, a lot more people are going to have what's well, almost like a requirement now. You got to have broadband connection. It's changing the whole dynamics of gaming. 
you know, and the fact that tournaments are going to be a lot more easier to uh, to join and attend to. And, you know, that means that there's going to be a lot more engagement and it's not just going to be like for a a small section of the game community. It's like it's, they've lowered the barriers and it's going to be a lot more accessible. So that's always good. Um, but just remember that when the Tekken tournament is actually on, I will be kicking your ass and anybody else's ass who is uh, listening to this. So uh, people know you chat shit now, so there's no point. Putting that there, you know. Out there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, uh, moving on. A new report from uh, website Bloomberg. Uh, Jason Schreier uh, reveals uh, what's already been suspected that the development of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake has been moved from Aspire Media to a new developer, Saber Interactive. It's a move that Embracer Group already hinted at its latest financial report, where it stated, uh, one of the group's AAA projects has transitioned to another studio within the group. Uh, This was done to ensure the quality bar is where we need it to be for the title. We are not expecting any material delays for the title based on this transition. So... Obviously, we've heard, we spoke about this at previous episodes, and uh, yeah, no, we're not expecting any material day- delays for this title based on this transition. Like, give us a date. Like, you haven't even said anything. Like, what's the point of talking about delays? We don't even know when it was supposed to come out. Mm. So, um, yeah, I'm just impressed to see um, Embracer Group again in these. In You're the now on everything Lord of the Rings, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, my geez, they're going shopping. You know, and like they've got a big check out, their whole checkbook out there, and uh, people are lapping it up. So, um, yeah, okay, great. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the game. Obviously, um, Jedi Fallen Order. Obviously, we spoke about this on the the podcast previously. It's an amazing game. Um, that is the for me the the bar that all Star Wars games need to attain, regardless. You know what I mean? What style mm. of, uh, gaming it is. Um, but yeah, so as long as they're hitting that bar or even going over, I'm happy um so yeah any thoughts yeah i mean we knew it was going to happen anyway um we expected them to kind of like you know quickly move it as fast as they can because uh, it's such a big franchise sony probably already put money into it i mean saber interactive made evil dead the game world war z you know if you go back old school time shift mud runner nba playgrounds ghostbusters right. games so they've made a lot of games you know so yeah. it'll be Really intriguing to see if it's um, at a Sony showcase in the future or anything like that. But you're right, we haven't even seen gameplay yet. So what are you talking about? You're going to base it on the delay. You haven't given us a date. So you could be like, well, internally, we planned it for 2023. It's now 2026, but we haven't said that. So let's just say, yeah, we are aiming for 26 anyway. Like, you know, (laughs) that shit, you know. But That's um, it, yeah, we called it. Shit of the we'll, day. We'll, we'll see. We'll see it when we see it. Right. That's it. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I have a question for you. Did you know that we have a second PlayStation show called Latest PSX? No. Well, I have news for you. This show is exclusive to Patreon and we have new shows every single week. Over there, we deep dive into news topics, predict large shows, discuss sales numbers and much more. So if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, I highly suggest that you become a patron, support the show and gain access to latest PSX every week. Whether you're searching for record players or pianos, How you pay matters. Visa helps protect you from payment fraud online. Visa, a network working for everyone. All right, Alex. We are back. UK charts for last week. I know you're laughing because you just looked at number seven, which we're going to get into in a bit. Now, ladies and gentlemen, me and Alex have been laughing all time in 2022 that no game has managed to hold a number one spot four weeks in a row. There is one game, however, that has held number three, uh, has held number one for three weeks in a row, not once, but twice, and that's Horizon Forbidden West. Mm -hmm. Well, it's done it for a third time. At number 10, (laughs) FIFA 22. At number nine, Minecraft. At number eight, Animal Crossing New Horizons. At number seven, Grand Theft Auto Okay, okay, okay. We need need a public service announcement. People, everybody, (laughs) listeners, care. If you care about gaming, if you love gaming, I mean, we're gamers. We, we know what it's like. But come on, people, stop buying this game. If there's enough of it out there, we don't need it. Seriously. <laughs> oh, 
I don't want to see you in the chart next week. I don't. Okay, so no, it's a jinx because you like you took the piss out of it two weeks ago, so it came back in the chart. You know what I mean? <laughs> number six, Gran Turismo Seven. Number five, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. Number four, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Number three, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. Number two, Nintendo Switch Sports, and number one, Horizon Forbidden West. It is now held the number one spot fractionally for over 10 weeks in 2022 but just not in a row can it do it next week alex in its third attempt to get the fourth number one you know for a month to be at number one it would be ridiculous it would be ridiculous and i'm really looking forward to seeing it do it i think it can so horizon it stays at number one for a third week after an influx of ps5 consoles hit the market Two Point University, last week's number two, dropped 76% in sales and fell to number 14. <laughs> G- Alex, GTA 5 re-entered the charts after a 53% increase in sales. Like, what? <laughs> FIFA also saw an increase, not as big as that. It was at 25% to sneak in at number 10. Madden 23, which was the big launch last week, launched at number 18. Weirdly, PlayStation VR Worlds saw a huge unexpected 109% increase in sales, which moved it from number 40 to number 15. So more people bought PlayStation VR Worlds than Madden 23. Where, where, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where did that come on? Yeah, from, but um, I guess people are getting the PSVR hype potentially, and there could have been a sale that we missed. Um, no, there has been a sale. There's been a sale, hasn't there? Um, but yeah. I'm I'm just amazed to see GTA back in it after a 50. I mean, who like? Please tell me why is it coming back? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Horizon, dude. Do you think it's gonna make it? Do you think it can make a four week? No, I think I think Switch Sport. I think Switch Sports will it's knock it back, back. off. I think really, I, it's, it's gonna be something <laughs> stupid that's gonna knock it. It'll be Switch Sports or something stupid, right? We'll random. see. Yeah, yeah. We'll It'll see. be so we'll funny. Um, but obviously, that was last week's chart. You've got some other sales updates yeah. for us from around the world, haven't you? Really quick. Yeah, since the open beta launched on the twenty sixth of July, twenty twenty six, Multiverse has also. Cont- All right, uh, two seconds. <laughs> So as you can see, Alex just said two seconds and he went quiet because his son came in the room to say, yo, daddy, what are you doing? I want to play PlayStation 5. I want to play Dude. Grand Theft Auto 5. Uh, no, no. I'm <laughs> <laughs> too young for it anyway. Then again. Anyway, all right. So go back to the top. All right. Since the open beta launch on the 26th of the July 2022, uh, Multiverses has only continued to grow fast. Um, only continued to grow. Uh, first hitting 10 million players in no time, and now not long after, it already eclipsed 20 million players worldwide. Player First Games Multiverses was also the best-selling video game in North America last month, according to latest MPD figures. Now Multiverses is a free-to-play game, but it managed to generate significant sales via its founders pack bundles, which retail between $40 to $100. This was enough to push Elden Ring down to second place, while third place went to Lego Star Wars, and the Skywalker saga. That's uh, ridiculous, man. That's crazy. It is. it is. It is. And I mean, I know we spoke about it before, dude, but I'm just thinking, really? Like, like, <laughs> I mean, I can tell, I mean, like, WB Interactive, they're, try- they're trying to make a headline for themselves, yeah? And like, I'm really happy that they've come out with a, a Mario clone, which is very successful. However, dude, I just don't believe these figures, dude, man. I swear, it just seems like, how many people do you know who are playing it? Really? I mean, is there a buzz about it? Tell me about it. Well, I saw it in Times Square last week. So if it's on a really? Times Square board, it's big, right? Okay, okay. Well, that, that's that's cool, you know. But they could also just be including anybody who just subscribed, you know what but I mean? I think, I think that, uh, the fact that... I think what adds weight to it is the fact that it was number one in NPD and the cheapest founder pack is $40. So it's obviously successful. People are playing it and enjoying it and things like that. Um, and I think it's one of the rare few things that has a character lineup that is on par with Mario. You know what I mean? That you can have famous characters like Superman fighting Scooby-Doo. And, you yeah. know, it's and stuff LeBron, like that, that people and love. LeBron and, James, yeah. LeBron James, yeah. And <laughs> and, and most importantly, dude, you got to remember Multiverses, is, it's, it's not on Switch, is it? Multiverses. No, no it's not. It's so not. I can imagine you bump that number up by five or six million if that beta was on Switch as well, because the audience yeah. would be there who'd want to play it. So yeah, it's exactly. a, I think it's great to see, and only time will tell when season two, three, four, like what's the concurrent player list? No count on their game. So yeah. you know, 
we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, well, moving on, <laughs> it's official. Uh, Marvel Spider-Man Remastered is the fastest selling PlayStation PC game in the UK. With first week sales 26% higher than the previous PlayStation Studios PC release, God of War. Wow. I did not expect that. But then again, obviously, it's Spider-Man. You know what I mean? One of the mm. biggest franchises out there. And obviously, uh, part of PlayStation's move to release a lot more high-quality games on a PC. So before you read the next one, just remember these words. I told you so. Okay. Now you may read. Now you may read. <laughs> we'll continue. Bandai Namco Entertainment has announced that Elden Ring has surpassed 16.6 million units in physical and digital sales worldwide. Speaking during its financial results for the three-month period ended June 30th, 2022, uh, and follows from the 13.4 million units shipped in mid-May. This means that the fantasy um, RPG has moved an additional 3.2 million units since that period, proving the game is still as popular as ever. I told you it's going to sell 20 million in 2020. It's going to hit it by <laughs> to the end of 20. You were like, oh, I don't know. I, don't. I was like, no, it will. It's big. Dude, it's at 16.6 yeah, already, I, I and mean, it hasn't even hit like yeah. like uh, Black Friday sales and Christmas sales and things like that. It's going right. to hit it easy. Right. Like, it's massive. Be, it is a big game and a well done for Bandai Namco. I still haven't managed to jump onto it yet. Um, Same. I'm waiting for that ray tracing update. Where is that ray tracing update, man? It's like, yeah, it's like they've a- st- they're not talking about it at all, <laughs> isn't it? But it's I mean, it's one of those games it's where you don't have to play it straight away. You can just wait and wait and wait and wait till they update it so it's better and things yeah. like that. And then you get to play like a really tight game. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. That's what I'll that's what I'll wait for. I mean, I got a whole backlog anyway. But anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Well, you mentioned the NPD software. Uh, so obviously, the NPD group, who obviously chart all the games that are sold in America have released the software top 20 for July 2022. So going from 20 upwards, at number 20, you have Monster Hunter Rise, at number 19, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, at number 18, Far Cry 6, at number 17, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, at number 16, Nintendo Switch Sports, at number 15, Pokemon Legends Arceus, at number 14, Overwatch, 13, Animal Crossing New Horizons, 12, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, 11, Kirby in the Forgotten Land, 10 F1 2022, 9 Minecraft, 8 Digimon Survive, 7 Mario Kart 8, 6 MLB The Show 2022. And just to let you know, that is only PlayStation sales. It does not count the Xbox sales that are sold in that game because it is available via Game Pass. Number 5 Call of Duty Vanguard, number 4 Xenoblade Chronicles 3, number 3 Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. That game it just doesn't move. Number 2 Elden Ring and as we mentioned before number 1 Multiverses. But Alex, let me just rewind a little bit there. 1 2 3 Call of Duty games in the top 20. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, people are loving that franchise and I don't Black Ops 3, Black Ops Cold War and Call of Duty Vanguard. We were cussing Call of Duty Vanguard saying it's going to get fall out the top 20. It was at number 18 or something last month and now it's in that number 5. It's just yeah, like a yo-yo. People are gearing up, aren't they? Because they will for the release in the next couple of months. So I guess they're just like, you know, making sure they can just dust off all the the rust off their joints. But the one game which I'm kind of impressed with is um, Xenoblade, that Xenoblade Chronicles 3, even though it's released on the Nintendo Switch. When these MPD results came out, it was like, what, the end of July, right? That game actually came out at the end of July. And for it to be mm. at number four, you know, with only like a few days of sales is very impressive. So I'm really curious to see what it's going to look like at the end of August. So, um, yeah, yeah it'll be it'll be between 20 and 15, bro. Don't ah, hope so. Ah, yeah, ah, another ah, uh, but you've got this, you've got the same MPD list uh, for July, but just for PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. Hit us. Yep. Okay. So at number 10, we have Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. At number nine, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Number eight, Gran Turismo 7. Number seven, F1 2022. And number six, Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, number five, Minecraft. Number four, Call of Duty Vanguard. And number three, Multiverses. And number two, MLB The Show 2022. And a number one, Elder Mother Loving Ring. <laughs> Elder Ring, jeez. That's a new version yeah. of it, a special edition. Yeah. Elder Mother Loving Ring. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, I guess they're kind of not like for like, but they're quite similar. But um, I just yeah. like that Spider Man just hangs around. 
No pun yeah, intended. I like what you hey. did. There. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, but yeah, what you saying? All right, so we'll move on to letters. Um, so we've got two letters as we always answer each and every week. So the first one comes from Sarah from Washington, D.C. I love the question you answered about Blockbuster. That was a great question. It brought back so many memories for me. It did for us as well. And tears. Did you ever rent or borrow consoles? When I was younger, I used to rent consoles from my local video store. Love the show and thank you. Alex, did you ever rent or borrow consoles? I don't remember renting being available in the UK. Yeah, yeah, they were. I mean, I remember the, uh, I really did want to rent the Nintendo 64 when it first was released at, uh, when it first was released, um, because I just, I was in awe of it and I just wanted to get my hands on it straight away. And I didn't uh, cut enough loans or save enough money, um, pocket money back then. So I was just like, yeah, I don't mind renting it for a weekend. However, it was always sold out. Uh, and that was the last time I've ever seen an establishment like Blockbuster do it because obviously they closed pretty much soon after, you know, so mm. uh, uh, before the next generation. But yeah, I've never actually rented one. Um, I've never rented any console. I just thought mm. it was better just to buy it because then, you know, yeah, you rent it for a weekend. By Sunday comes, you know, you're going to be crying because you want to just keep the thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't really see the point. But then again, like I said... If it was like a PlayStation 6 and I didn't have the scratch fruit, then yeah, definitely. I'll rent it and I'll never return it. So anyway, that's Well, me. I lived in Scotland and I'm not causing offence here because Scottish people who listen to the show know I'm telling the truth. No one would do that because the console would not be returned. So <laughs> no one, not even global video, the worldwide phenomenon global was renting video. consoles, you know. But I did borrow, uh, I did borrow, uh, I remember when I was younger, obviously we had the Mega Drive in our house and mm -hmm. we borrowed my cousin's NES for Duck Hunt for a weekend. <laughs> and then um, I borrowed a friend, I swapped for one week my 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 spare playstation one console because obviously uh, i had one in my room my brother had one it wasn't my brother's it was just a spare he he's player people will understand when i say he's always player two so you understand what i'm talking about right? <laughs> so i swapped his playstation with a copy of final fantasy 7 uh for a dreamcast for one week and the guy who fell in love with final fantasy so much he didn't want it back I was like, are you sure? And he was like, yeah, I want to keep the PlayStation. I was like, yo, okay, I'll keep your Dreamcast then. And it's a lot more powerful. You want a PlayStation 1 with Final Fantasy? He got the last laugh in the end if he traded it in compared to a Dreamcast. Oh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I had a Dreamcast. And I, in that week, what was I playing? Crazy Taxi, uh, Soul Calibur, Soul Calibur. Uh, Power Stone, Project, Stone. Oh, Project Gotham Racing. Yeah, yeah, Project yeah, Gotham yeah. Racing. Um yeah. No, no, it wasn't that. It was a Metropolis Street Racer. That was it. Uh, yeah. A Metropolis Street Racer. Yeah. And then, yeah, I borrowed an N64 for, I think it was like two days. My mate was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going up to Aberdeen. I was like, oh, let me borrow your N64. And I thought it was shit. Honest to God, I thought it was crap. I was like, yo, this is rubbish, man. You know what I mean? Um, I don't want this. What game, but did, then, you have? What game did you have? You didn't even no, have honest to God, he had uh, <laughs> some really crap flying wipeout wannabe game. I can't remember what it was called. Flying wipeout? Like, I don't know what Dead that Zero. F-Zero. F-Zero. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had, and, he, and Alex will understand this because we argued about it years and years and years ago and I'm going to dust it off and he's going to remember some game with some fake-ass looking water called wave race it was not as good as splashdown <laughs> on playstation 2 which had more realistic looking water but wave race 64 what you know that? what i mean yeah there was a few games actually on the um, playstation that did actually smash the water effects but when it came to how water actually interacted with the objects you can't beat wave race and they listen we were in a generation of it just has to look nice not how it interacts you know and i remember just playing it and I say, like, oh, the, 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 this console's crap. You know, these two games aren't worth it. You know, I'm not going to get a Nintendo 64. But then obviously, as I spoke about, I had an opportunity to get an N64 later that year for $99.99 with GoldenEye. And then I rented the wrestling game and the rest was history with the 64. But yeah, it was, um, I think they're the only 
have I borrowed any handhelds on it? I'm sure I've probably borrowed something off you or something or swapped something off yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Probably in the, the yeah. Game Boy Micro and Color or some shit. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Something but, like uh, that. Yeah, but yeah. Pretty we much used to do playground swaps where, playground like, swaps. you get Game Gear, I get Game Boy, bring it back, yeah, by the end of playtime and then we'll sort it out and shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, man. But, um, yeah, man, I think... Yeah, most of the stuff I just wanted to buy because I just know that if mm. I get my hands on it, I'm just going to need to just keep it forever. Otherwise, that person's going to be really pissed off when they're constantly asking every week, oh, where's my PlayStation? <laughs> you know mm. I mean? All right. Um, Second question, it. Alex. This is, you ready? Danny from Luton. In oh. The U- oh, great question, Sarah, by the way. Danny from Luton in the UK. <clears throat> Quick question. You are in charge of the script for The Last of Us 3. How does your story go? Oh, go! Shit. Wow. Well, obviously... Uh, we cut back to Ellie. She's later on in life. She's also had a kid or she's pregnant or something like that. And she still has to uh, maneuver through this world. Um, and she eventually, we're going to speed through the game, you know, maybe some interactions from stuff in the past. But anyway, it comes to the point where she has to decide whether she lives or her daughter lives to save humanity. Because the daughter also has that gene, which you know can heal the world, basically. Um, so yeah, something along those lines. Obviously, I haven't really thought about it properly, but that's loosely what the. I thought you'd say Joel came back as a clicker, but obviously, <laughs> no <laughs> Resident Joel Evil shit. You know, no, 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 no. Joel comes back as a bloater. He's just like massive. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, yeah, man. You can tell his Joel because on his He's sleeve. <laughs> on his sleeve, which is still normal, it's the, it's the plaid shirt, right? On the sleeve, yeah, the that's how you know it's him. Yeah, yeah. He always goes, <laughs> It's like, give me coffee. Okay, no. so I would do it like proper full circle. She's had a kid. No, let me rewind that. Her girlfriend dies at the beginning of The Last of Us 3 and she has to look after that baby that she was already raising. You know, the one that you already saw in The Last of Us 2. And obviously the baby's a kid now, it's older. And um, I'm going to say that the NPC is actually younger than what Ellie was in The Last of Us 1. So you really have to look after this child, right? Who like gets distracted by things and you've got to stop that from happening in the game. But at key points throughout the game, she will flash back to Joel. And that's how you get Joel in the game, like in flashbacks and stuff, like things that they learned together. Or even, um, you know, she's not right in the head and she's seeing Joel in places and Joel's talking to her, similar to the way Batman was in um, Arkham Knight, right? With the Joker. But my big point will be is that Ellie has to do a lie at some point in the game the way Joel did. And then she realized, oh, well, fuck me. You know, she finally yeah. fully fuck understands me. and justifies yeah. the, the lie in the final game. Taking you know her what three I mean? buddy games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, no, like, because it's the one thing that she never let go and it broke yeah, their relationship. Yeah. And then she even said at the end of The Last of Us 2 that I'm not going to forget it, but we can start afresh, you know? And he's like, oh, I'd like that. You know what I mean? Now comes the point in The Last of Us 3 at some point where she fully understands the love as to why he did it. You know what I mean? And you're just like, it would be so powerful. And then she gets bit by a clicker or some shit, killed or whatever. <laughs> you know, but, yeah, you know what I mean? That Just having that full circle moment, you're like, yeah, bitch. Now you know the stress you put Joel through. <laughs> no, I think, I think hopefully that's what they're thinking. I mean, then again, they could just take a left and like just do some other characters. <laughs> which we don't even know about or ellie could end up being the bad girl like she could just literally just be the villain in this this one thing well you know as you might it, it would be kind of cool if you play as um the other two you know the one that she fights at the end and obviously uh the girls the girl who wants to be a boy with the scars and if i can't remember anybody's name and what's wrong with me yeah 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 but you know what i mean but um yeah. you play as them too you know so <laughs> Yeah, it, it's Abby, oh, Abby, Danny. Abby. You're opening a Abby. can of worms. Let's not go into deep thought on this because we're no, gonna no, be here really for like good. two years. I can't wait, but yeah, obviously we're gonna be seeing Last of Us three probably when the PS six comes out. So we've got a few years to kind of iron out the storyline. <laughs> so um, and we can mm-hmm. pitch it to Neil Druckmann. Hopefully, get some writing credits. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, but that is the show for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it, Alex. Before we move on, um, any final comments? 
any final comments yes let us know what you thought about the show uh let us know your thoughts uh about the psvr2 launch date the dual sense edge are you going to be getting it uh let's know what your thoughts are about sony being sued for billions uh and more billions and uh obviously the need ps5 features so um let us know in your comment section in the comment section below we want to hear your thoughts and what do you think um, about last of us free how would you end it <laughs> Uh, listeners, I'm still jet lagged, so I don't really have a final comment. Oh, I do watch Tekken Bloodline. It's on Netflix. It's flipping yeah. amazing. Watch it. He chats is cool. <laughs> he chats. He Archie, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Welcome.